Hey, what's up, everyone, and welcome to the huddle, where we discuss maintaining forward progress in your fullering career. I'm Paul Stewart, and I'm joined, as usual, by Jose and Daniel of Preferred Flooring. Gentlemen, how are you doing today? Good. Doing awesome. pretty good. All right. Well, you know, if we weren't doing good, we'd probably tell you you're doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's busy, and I know we're all, you know, the standard line is uh, trying to keep up. But uh, kind of plays into today's topic pretty well is, you know, uh, at one point, uh, a lot of us were twiddling our thumbs. So it's a welcomed problem to have to try to keep up. That means we got business rolling and things are rocking. And, and uh, although with a lot of uncertainty in the economy, fact is, is uh, a lot of people are very busy. So that's a good thing. And I'm glad you guys are. So. <clears throat> this week, we're going to talk about uh, how 2020 and the pandemic changed uh, the flooring industry. Now, I don't really care to really go through this, I don't know, negative, all the, all the bads. I think that, you know, with every tough situation or negative situation, uh, good comes out of it. And um, are you guys stuck on seen the video on your side no nope, didn't even pop up okay very good but it did pop up but then i oh took it off okay daniel does a lot of clicking over here he loses me pretty quick <laughs> so yeah this other screen is still stuck on there's on go career screen share all right well we'll let the We'll let them take care of that. We're gonna get going um, here on the positives. What what came out of it? Uh, what are we doing different today that um, really, you know, we didn't expect. Uh, I, I was gonna start it off with um, the rise of technology. I mean, the fact is, is it kind of forced people through their fear of technology. I mean, you didn't really have a choice than to learn zoom or microsoft teams or google meet um people that that were that still had flip phones now have smartphones because they're meeting on zoom i mean i've had uh zoom calls with with guys who uh you know still had a flip phone and now they got a smartphone so that they can uh be on zoom calls and they know how to work the technology and they would have never picked it up ever picked up that piece of technology without being forced to through circumstances outside their own control. Uh, they didn't really have a choice. Um, so a lot of the good stuff that's come out of it, I think is uh, obviously communication is, is um, heightened as long as the technology is used correctly. Um, I also believe that, you know, it's, give, it's, it's increased our ability to earn. So, you know, if, if you were sick, if you're sick, but you feel well, you're contagious, right? At work, you stay at home. Uh, you're, you're, you really kind of want to work, but you can't because you can't go to the office. Well, today just, you just yeah. simply work yeah, from home. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's gotten, it moved so fast over the last two years that it doesn't even seem like that's a big deal. But it, if you think about it, it's a, it's really huge. Just a few years back, if you had a sick kid, you would simply 
stay at home with that kid and either eat your PTO up uh, or your vacation time, whatever a company, however you're set up at your companies, um, or, you know, pull on your PTO or whatever. Today, if you have a sick kid and everything's okay and you can still work, you just got to take, you just got to be there for them because they can't be in daycare. Uh, you, your ability to earn is still there. You simply remote into your office or you, you have remote accesses. People are go to my PC uh, surge during uh, this whole pandemic. And uh, as well as, like I said, Zoom and Teams and, and all the other communications, uh, Google Meet. Uh, so it, it increased the ability to earn even if you're not on site. Now, even with the installers, uh, our crews, uh, we've seen it, the, a similar deal. Now, you can't install flooring remote, but we've had superintendents uh, zoom in with our foreman of a project who may be sick to communicate with the installers on site and make sure the job's still going well uh, so that he had video access to what's going on on the job site. Uh, so. You know, it's really changed a lot of things for the positive. Um, what's your guys' insight on that? I mean, do you, did you, how many Zoom calls did you have beforehand? I mean, this, this today's huddle is a prime example. I'm in beautiful Memphis, Tennessee, working with a national client on a program for the next five years. And here I am, just like I was in my office in uh, my home city, right? Um, other than the backdrop, you don't know the difference. Uh, it's pretty cool. So what, what have you yeah, guys yeah. experienced from that? And how have you kind of leveraged uh, that, uh, that wave of, of uh, communication technology kind of centered around communication, really? Um, how, have you guys experienced any of that or taken advantage of some of these things uh, to, to further your, your business and your guys' career? Yeah, it's actually... Um been huge as far as not needing to go to like a bunch of these on-site meetings i mean oh, yeah. especially commercially we're you know traveling hour hour and a half and then we're only going there for an hour meeting and then you got that drive back now it's a matter of jumping on a call get all the information you know they do screen sharing and it's like there you go i mean there's and you there's got a recording hour, of it three three hours saved it's true. Yeah, that's a communication for sure. That's what it did. Is um, when you said technology, yeah, 100% technology has kind of taken over uh, every industry because everyone's relying on it. Um, and because of that, people started realizing that some positions and some jobs don't necessarily need a brick and mortar for them to be stationary. Or we don't need to go visit in person. We can communicate like we are now via email and people are gathering more information and sharing more information with more people at one time um, in one space like this, and then getting together and talking about it. And, yeah. um, it. It puts everyone in a position for success without taking them away from their responsibilities. Like you said, the downtime from the windshield, man, like. I, I love that, uh, that you brought that up, Daniel, because, um, there are a lot of job meetings. If you're in commercial, uh, the commercial industry, there, there's almost always going to be a weekly meeting on your major projects. And 
that I didn't even think of all the time that that saves. So thanks for bringing that up. We've we've got uh, the the uh, example, the actual real life example of of superintendents talking to foreman also allows that foreman to to attend the job meeting, uh, still maintain kind of control of the of the the flow of the install and um, still be there, even if he's not feeling well or he's got a family member not feeling well or whatever. Um, so that's pretty cool. And it saves RPMs from going to the job site, just like you said, for a job meeting, and maybe that job's two or three hours away. Um, it's a, a huge time saver. I mean, technology can kind of, if you look at the social media side of technology, it can suck your uh, production away if you get drawn in and you, and you don't use it wisely but uh, and and video calling and things like that can uh, some people can overuse it where uh, you know a face-to-face -face is more appropriate but in the in the vast majority of these situations I believe that this technology uh, kind of wave um, and I know the technology was already there but it I think the thing that happened that wave is that it forced people into it. Yeah, um, that, the guys that people. didn't want to have anything yeah. to do with it were were forced to actually learn how to use it. They had to. They had no choice, and because of that, now you you I I believe it really has made a positive impact in a lot of ways. I don't know. One negative part of that though is uh, maybe you want to just take off when you have a sick kid and be with them. Uh, and now the employer is somewhat <laughs> expecting you to still work, right? Like put your yeah. kid down and log in. So I guess that can cause some some uh, work-life balance issues. But but your uh, example of job foreman meetings is is huge. Um, what else? Uh, what else have you guys seen that like a a positive that came out of this? So um, one thing that it added for us is. Um, you know, we are obviously primarily commercial, but when we were creating um, the residential aspect and, and that part started growing, right? We were, we were having some issues as far as being able to receive those type of accounts and justify them because we don't have the showroom. We don't have a large showroom. We don't have the, the, the space to um, put displays down, you know, a 50 foot wall. Um, and I, what I was trying to do before then is I was trying to do more of a mobile type um, uh, showroom where I would try to consolidate samples, bring a limited amount with me so I'm not overwhelming the client or myself. And all I did was help justify that. Um, it's like, hey, you guys, like, I can't really do that because of this. Like, people don't want me in their home anymore. I got to ship small samples directly to the clients now. So all I did was help us kind of restructure um, what we were doing and our approach for the residential aspect. Um, and that carries over to some of the commercial as well. Yeah, but that's a great point on um, the residential side. There's been a surge of companies uh, redoing and revamping their, their websites to make it friendlier for consumers to buy online from their firm, from their company, uh, scheduling, um, that kind of thing. The Re, the big surge on, uh, I was reading an article in Floor Covering Weekly about mobile showrooms, you know, and, and people doing that. 
uh, meeting meeting homeowners on Zoom and they'll send dual samples. So they'll keep a sample and they'll send a sample to the homeowner direct. Uh, I know that's happened where, and, and then you both have the samples and you meet on Zoom for selection for their home. It, it's really kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, it's, it's created well, with gas prices, you know, through the roof, it's it's it helps save there too. So that's that's an interesting take. I'm I've I had a mobile showroom back in 2002, and uh, we tried our our hand in residential. We do about probably 10 at my flooring company. We probably do like 10 residential projects a year, tops on the very top side. So we're really just a commercial. Uh, contractor at this point. We did try our hand in residential, um, but it is interesting to see the the real push, even manufacturers with their, um, there's more coming out with room scene uh, technology, you know, so you can take a picture of your house and drop different floorings in there and see what they look like. You can do that on commercial as well. And that's, we've actually used that some. Um, so yeah, all the, all that stuff, you know, lessens the miles on the truck and, and increases productivity. Yeah. And, and then all it does is give you more time to try to figure out a way to mash in a little bit more because you, you have that, that extra time and, um, <laughs> you know, manage uh, your time wisely, then you still put yourself in a situation. That's counterintuitive, uh, Daniel. You, you yeah. said, you said, manage your time wisely. And then uh, before that is like, we're going to mash some more in here. It's funny. Yeah. You fill the extra time you, you uh, saved. <laughs> you find a way, you find a way to, to put it back to use. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it also helped with like uh, the views, like how important family is, how important the uh, employee's family and, you know, time away from work. Um, that's what COVID COVID really did that for us. Like, we ended up with a lot of extra time to spend with, with family. Um, and although we, we make jokes about like, oh man, I can't wait to get back to work. I'm sick of these kids. Or, you know, I'm sick of you. And it's just, uh, you say that out of love. You truly, truly do. But it, um, once you got, once we got back to full force, you're like, man, really had a good time hanging out with the kiddos or doing this or, or having that free time to um to just do you feel do like it almost reset it. that that uh do you feel like it almost reset that work-life balance where you're like you know maybe I was working a little bit too much pre-COVID and and away from family too much and some of that time savings uh you can reinvest back into family yeah it did, it did um it did put into perspective uh the items that the items you lose track of, the things you lose track of when you are totally involved in your own business, you you do tend to lose track of of things that you take for granted, right? It's because it's there, it's always there, set in stone. But um, it did kind of bring us back to reality for a little bit. And you know, the, the sucky part about the whole thing is, is that once we restructure, started getting with these new times, and then like you know, the time management thing and adding more back on. Yeah, you know, being busier anyway. Yeah, you get busier because now we're learning new processes, learning like for me, new technology, and now you get lost in it again. But you know, we um, I mean, you have us on on social media on Facebook. We do spend quite a bit of time 
outside of work with our family and you know a lot of sports yeah a lot of sports yeah yeah i almost feel like um it gave us a chance to reevaluate the whole work versus family um I would say that I'm probably as busy now as I've ever been. Um, but I, you know, I'm, I'm out of town. Um, I'm going to, I'm for four days basically. And I can zoom with family. And so even when you're away, uh, and maybe, uh, maybe I'm still as busy as ever, like I said, but the fact is, is, you know, I can, I can zoom in with my family and, you know, ha have some time with them or FaceTime. Uh, a lot of us use, know, knew this technology was there, but you, you, like I said, it kind of got forced down our throat and uh, we got better at it. I, I used a lot of the technology that was there, a lot of the options uh, pre-COVID, but it certainly after uh, COVID, I've become more proficient uh, better prepared uh, to to uh, use it as a tool, and I think that's the key. Use it as a tool to accomplish your goals, whether or not it's family or 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 business. So it's kind well, of a, we, we really we really seen that when we were over there with you, right? And there was one of your your employees was out, and it's like, hey, we got this meeting. These people are joining via Zoom, and then we do the same thing here now with with teams. It's like, hey, we're I'm going to be gone in the morning but i'm going to be driving so i'm just going to get get on this call and we can still you know hash everything out on the go yeah yep yeah it's been kind of unique um a unique aspect of it all um so outside of technology there's you know we discussed kind of the impact on family and how that's uh the the positive side of that um, we also talked about how we can be more proficient. We can earn more. Um, I, I want to ask you, did this whole thing, now that you're on the back, we're on the backside of it, there's a bit of resurgence going on right now. Uh, I don't know about indifferent. It's kind of pocketed throughout the United States. We had, we actually had five guys down last week, um, the proficiency we had a pm that was sick he was down for one day and like i said he then he was able to uh simply work from home and as as effectively as if he was in the office so that was pretty cool to see um but now that you're on the back side of it what if if we i mean did we learn enough that if something happens again we're better prepared uh do you think the industry overall I'm not just talking about your company or my company. If you look at like um, just the industry from, because during the pandemic, there was no trainings or no certifications going on. That's all opened back up. Um, do you see any possibility that uh, the virtual training for flooring, is there any legs there? Is there any way that we can leverage this where you can actually do some trainings uh, virtually with uh, with actual flooring skills. Is that a possibility, or is it? I, I think it is, and it, it uh, it's all 
based on your skill level now, right? Because there's, if, if you think about it, I've gone on YouTube, you've gone on YouTube, we go on there and you, you look at the stuff and you know, like we, we were talking about last time, it's, you kind of got to go with someone who knows what they're doing, right? And you got to be the judge of that, but you can learn a lot just from watching. And then when it comes to the actual, like, you know, the hands-on training or an actual certification, that can always come later. A lot of the stuff that um, we tell the guys is, is just all, it's not even necessarily hands-on stuff. It's all the technical stuff behind why you have to do it certain ways. That's the important part. And that's the, the thing that kind of gets missed a lot because I've been in certification where, you know, that one of the, the first questions asked was who knows what F710 is? I'm the only one that raised my hand. And he's like, oh, it, it really doesn't, it's not important to you guys anyways. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. We need to back that up because it's very important to us because the installer is always the one that gets blamed for a job not going right and a failure. So if they don't know what they're supposed to be doing before they even start the job, then it's an issue already. So I think that that once we get things set up to the point to where it is online and you can go online and it's, you know, you, you watch a video and you have to test. I mean, no one likes tests, right? But that's, that's how you make sure that you retain the information. And it, it could be a matter of you're watching that video two or three times, but I, I think that the future of it has to, to get with the times and that's where the times are going. It's the technology is there. We have to start utilizing it just like every other industry is. Yeah, there's remote doctors uh, that, you know, diagnose and prescribe over Zoom calls now. I mean, uh, teledoctors, uh, you know, and, and Zoom, you go to a doctor's appointment on Zoom. I mean, that yeah. that is a positive in a lot of ways. You're not going to a medical clinic where you might get something else, might get sick from someone else that's there and you have yeah. something, you know, or you pass it on to somebody else, whatever. Uh, if you're sick, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, doctors doing that, that kind of thing now. And so I ask that because, I mean, if you can do something as complex as uh, diagnosing a human condition and then prescribing, can we not figure out how to um, do some of the training online? Uh, it does, whether it's a Zoom uh, a that, that ends up on uh, YouTube or a training, like you said, Daniel, it's the mind stuff that help that you could do. I, I mean, you can't build hand skills. It's my opinion. You can't build hand skills on, you know, video. No. But what you can do is why do you need to use XYZ type of adhesive for this type of flooring and those uh, kind of chemical issues that, that you, we have to address every day as flooring installers. Um, you can get that. I, I think that data can be online and, and, and some of it is, but then test or, or do a on-site for the hands-on version of that and increase the number of, maybe you have to take a online course or a, you know, 
uh, a video series and test at the end to then qualify to get to your uh, hands-on piece of that or something. But uh, I thought we ought to, you know, with all this going on, all the uh, the capabilities for for remoteness uh, and training remotely uh, or doing work remotely, I thought it would be valuable for us to just kind of contemplate how can we apply that now uh, when it comes to trainings and certifications, uh, those kinds of things. I mean, you can have a classroom on Zoom or on, you know, teams where the instructor is teaching. All right. A lot of colleges are doing that. So surely we can do some of that uh, and, and, and really increase the amount of people that get involved. And then you can do an on-site in-person type uh, deal for hand skills only with the precursor of finishing the video series or something. I just wrote down a bunch of notes as we're talking because I'm pretty sure that there is a way to do it via Zoom and train somebody as long as the communication, you know, ship out the same material so you have a training packet next to, um, you know, participant A, B, and C, you ship out all the same uh, material, the same specs, uh, and you do um, a trainer with someone who's there doing the hands-on, multiple angles, and you can go through it live, live questions, whether, you know, parapet training, whether running a row, whether seaming it up, you know, it's just a matter of everyone having the right tools, everyone having the uh, the same material, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure that there's a way. And, and the yeah. right tools are all based on the person too, because I, I use tools that he doesn't even like to use, right? You got to use what you're comfortable with. Yeah. It's subjective for sure. Yeah. Well, I think that's the biggest challenge is uh, you ship, you know, a set of, but I mean, what if, let me finish that thought. You ship you know, the, the materials to them for a training, but if they don't have the tools, uh, I guess you could do a whole package with the whole thing and package it into a bundle. Here's the tools you're going to need for this training, along with the materials you're going to need to go through the training. And, and uh, I mean, you can't ship $1,200 welders, but you can do some of the basics. And that's why you can't just take away the person to person, nor would I ever want to do that. I like communicating with people in, in, and, and, uh, you know, Zoom is a tool, not, not a replacement for face-to-face, yeah, -face, but right. even, even in the networking aspect, it, it's, it's nice that you don't have to go to the meetings and stuff, but still the networking events you get, it's different once you're there in person and talking and you can actually be there and see the body language of someone. It, yeah. it's, it's completely different. And that, that's what we've noticed too. It's like um, going to like chamber events and stuff and uh, on, online and then you go to the event and it's like totally different atmosphere. But, you know, those are two different things. The training, you're just, you're there focusing on learning, networking, you're there to actually meet and, mm -hmm. and talk about and open up to other people. Yeah, did you guys go to any of the conventions or anything like that? Uh, the the that were on virtual convention center. Type? FCICA, we've been to a few of them. Yeah, I've done a couple of them, and it, you know, it's so easy to get distracted on that too because you, I mean, you're sitting in front of your computer, you're not really 100% unplugging, and you know, it's. I
that's yeah. the challenge of it is how do you stay engaged? How would you keep a, a new, you know, somebody you're trying to teach something, maybe it's not even a new guy, it's somebody who's really good at resilient. And, you know, is because uh, we have a handful of guys that can lay sheet vinyl, flat lay sheet vinyl. If it's, you know, chemical weld, flat lay, they can do it. That guy now wants to learn how to flash cove heat weld. Can't, you know, how do you keep them in? So this guy may even have, you know, go and invest in some tools and have all the tools, but how do you keep them engaged? I think that's one thing we'd have to contemplate uh, for some, if, if we're able to in, um, induce the industry to do some of this and help. Maybe we'll do something uh, on one of the huddles where we uh, pilot something where you guys have some cameras set up and do a piece of it. And I have some cameras set up and I do a piece of a, of a, of a training. That'd yeah. be cool to kind of see really what that turns idea. into. But uh, keeping people engaged, I went to several conferences that were the virtual conference. And I can tell you that was at best, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to dog on anybody to set this stuff up, but at best, it was um, in, informational, at best. Uh, I didn't connect with anybody. Um, the numbers went up. A lot of the, the organizations that set that stuff up said, well, our, our setup was the, uh, we had a lot more participants on the on the um on the you know bit, the virtual conference yeah, they didn't have to travel you're going to get a lot more and um but the engagement the engagement was super bad i mean i even exhibited for go carrera several of them and the engagement was terrible because people it was so easy to somebody for somebody to come to your virtual booth and they weren't really there you know, on the other side of the screen, they weren't really there engaging with you. They just came to get the points because the only way that the virtual conferences could figure out how to um, uh, really, uh, what am I trying to say? Like, make sure that the attendance was there was to, and, and try to increase engagement was to give people points for going to other people's booths in the trade yeah. show. The problem was it was so easy just to go to a booth and let and let your virtual self set there while you're over here working on something totally different and then go to another booth and you weren't really engaging in that uh, exhibitors booth at all and, and um, what you so, just said right there is um, an example of reaching a thousand people versus reaching 10 people right if we're doing something virtual and you're only reaching out to 10 people you can create a more personalized atmosphere versus a generalized atmosphere if you're reaching a thousand people because you're not going to be able to to engage individuals one by one on that unless they're raising their hand and trying to you know someone's going to have to sift through the questions and make sure that they're picking out what they feel is the, are the important ones uh versus if it's 10 you can say hey paul what, what do you think or hey daniel or hey that's daniel. a good that's that's a good insight if you think about it Say, say we created uh, with other industry participants, we were able to create some training stuff online, uh, just hypothetical here. Uh, I say, rem I should say remote, not online. So live, like now, if we had, if we were doing a training, we had 50 people on. 
just because the technology is there, you're not going to be able to, like you said, engage with 50 people. So just because you have the, the capability of having a thousand people on your call or on your training, it doesn't mean you're going to be able to be more effective or train a thousand people. You really got to keep that back down to 15, 20, 30. Um, yeah. So I, I think that is uh, a, a really good point that the virtual doesn't mean that you can just reach the world effectively with your message or with your training. That's a good point. Well, uh, okay, so we're we're in this thing about thirty minutes, and uh, I think uh, you know, in my opinion, we've touched on some really cool stuff. I contemplated this for a while, um, whether or not this was a uh, huddle-worthy topic, but at the end of the day kind of talking about, uh, I wanted to dig in your guys's brain, um, maybe see if any questions come through that, uh, that we can answer, but I want to dig in your guys's brain, how you use that wave of technology to increase your business and, and do better. And you guys, you set it out of the gate. We're busier than ever, but we've saved a lot of time to the assumption would be that we are working. Um, we're getting more done in less time and possibly uh, being more effective. As long as we use the tools correctly, I mean, we just talked about how to use it incorrectly, I think, uh, but, you know. Uh, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna open it up for questions. Uh, looks like one came through. Do you see any uh, new complications if any other shutdowns happen due to COVID? Uh, read this new round is spreading faster than any of the others. So the question is really, do you, do you see any new complications if another shutdown was to happen? Well, I, my opinion, I think there's going to be new ones because it would, it's, um, although we've prepared a little, it's something like climbing Mount Everest, uh, just because you did it once doesn't mean there's not new complications when you go to try to do it again. It's, it's still going to be a battle, but I do think we're better prepared. You know, uh, you learn on your first rise to the summit, so to speak, uh, some of the tools and equipment you need to grab onto to make your next next ascent to Everest more uh, safer, faster, and uh, more productive. And I think if we see a, a bigger outbreak, I think we're all more um, prepared and, uh, you know, have the tool set that can help us get through it in a lot faster, better, more productive manner. Um, but, um, and that's, I, I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know no, from it, a physical standpoint, but. It's not gonna be such a shock like it was last time. Last time it was just a complete shutdown, right? Like no one was prepared for it, no matter what you say you were prepared for, you, you couldn't prepare for that. Um, the labor aspect is totally different because if it does hit and it affects the labor, now we're already at a, a shortage it's going to put us in a way worse position than we were before. Um, so, you know, people might scramble to, to get projects done because their business is hinged on uh, the fact that they need to get up and running. They need to get their occupancy uh, license uh, inspection, you know, so maybe a wave of installers going to come in and not necessarily know exactly what they're doing. Um, maybe more failures, which is going to put the mills back into a restructuring uh, uh, program to, to try to make it easier to install. I don't know. There's a lot of different angles you can look at it. Um, but 
we can only prepare for for what we know, and until we hit that, we, we'll, um, never, we'll never. That never that, be brought, ready for everything. that brings up a thought. Um, you know, in the first one, we had a lot of, uh, from a national perspective, uh, we personally didn't experience this, but from a national perspective, there was a lot of older installers that decided to call it quits. Like, you know, yeah. they, it, it was time. They were going to be down and out of work. They might as well go ahead and retire. If another one happened, I, I would fear that the, one, that the ones that held on uh, you know, we're two more years down the road. So somebody who was 58 at that time may not have pulled the trigger. Someone at 62 did. So if we have another resurgence that shut things down, I could see another, you know, another wave of installers just calling it quits and I'm going to go ahead and retire. So I think if that, that just came to mind uh, right at this moment. So I, I would think that would be a major complication especially if it was uh, extended. But I would say the new the new guidelines is like, if you get COVID, stay home five days or 24 hours without, um, to my fever. understanding, uh, 24 hours without fever and stay home for five days, right? So it's a lot better than if you came in within six feet of somebody who had COVID, you got to go two weeks, 14 days, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's already gotten a lot better on how we deal with things and hopefully, you know, the, the, the powers to be kind of handle it a little bit differently as well. If there was a, uh, a new right. shutdown. And so. the understanding across the board is, is a lot better too. Like at first we're like, what? Okay. All right. You got to go for two weeks or whatever, 14 days. You got to go for 10 days, your kid. Oh man, that means you're in quarantine now too. And then we have to try to relay that information to clients. And they were like, well, I got to get this has got to get done. Well, on the, on the flip side of that, I think they've actually, um, at least the GCs that we've been doing work for have gotten a lot better when it comes to that stuff, because not only are they, do they know that one, you get sick, you're staying home. Like yeah. there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, I don't want you here if you're sick. And then two, it's the the labor shortage and it's not just us it's everywhere right so manufacturing you look at at the mills and they're running in the same situations to where they get people sick and then they run behind and it's been a struggle at times because it's like all right i was supposed to get my material right <laughs> on this day now it's we're, we're coming up to it now i need to find something else that looks like this and then all it's, right, Daniel, we're gonna this, this is gonna turn into about a two-hour podcast. We get into that one. <laughs> and they, they, they've just been really more mindful when it comes to that stuff and more open to possibilities of okay, we have to make this change in order to at least try and keep this on on deadline. Yeah, I think they're better prepared for sure. I you know, I remember one job in the uh, first surge where like somebody on site, if somebody on site had it, they shut the entire job down. I had a huge project. The entire job got shut down for three days while they disinfected the entire construction site. You know, that seems like crazy to me now, but that was normal. Like we had that happen several times. Um, guys, just because there was a couple of guys on the job site that had COVID, they would disinfect the entire site. And uh, yeah. I'm no doctor. I'm not going to get into the politics of all that. But 
today I feel like the what you just talked about, Daniel, is bet the better the general contractors and owners being better prepared. I think at this point, if something did come up again, um, and then like you got like you said, um, Jose, is that we're 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 not going to be so caught off guard. That's for sure. We have some aspect of what to expect, and there's certainly going to be different uh, things that happen. But we at least have. I, I don't know. I like the idea, the, the analogy of uh, climbing Mount Everest. I mean, we did it once. We kind of know what to expect. That doesn't mean it won't be difficult the second time. It's going to be probably just as difficult. It's just you're better prepared. And so, um, you know, you can execute better. I mean, that's the bottom line. Maybe we only made it halfway up Mount Everest. We just haven't seen the peak yet. You know, <laughs> so I guess, I guess when, when, if that time comes, um, we just have to take it, take it as it comes. There's really nothing else we can do. Yep. All right, gentlemen, we've come to the end of the huddle. Thanks again for joining us. Do we have any questions that came in uh, through email or anything like that? We'll see if they, if we do. Let's see here. I think that's it. Did you guys have anything else you wanted to say? No, I like the conversation today and I awesome. uh, look forward to it again. Okay, guys. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Um, uh, speaking of technology, a little plug for Go Carrera. You know, one of the things there is it, it, it's, it's taking labor onto a uh, digital platform. It allows you to do work anywhere. Um, it also allows for, I'm up here in, or down here in Memphis dealing with a, a client. That client is extremely excited that he's going to be able to have a network of great installers and, and maintain the consistency and the quality that he expects at his, at his facilities. And uh, for us to facilitate that means it's got to have the technology that allows uh, the work, the 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 supply side, the work to connect to installers, and um, we're working hard over here to bring a ton of opportunity to our installer network. So if you're an installer on Go Career Network, uh, we really appreciate you. And opportunities uh, are building, and uh, we're excited to bring these uh, these opportunities to to not only the installing community, but there's got to be flooring companies that are on the network to be able to publish these work orders for these facilities. Uh, this is one of uh, three national account programs we're working on right now. And uh, so when facilities come up to the Michigan area, uh, you guys are going to uh, get to see the, uh, some of that windfall. And there's plenty of facilities up in your area too. So it's going to be great. I uh, appreciate you guys, and uh, the conversation was awesome. So thanks for your insights, and we will catch you next week. Yes, sir. Sounds good. See ya. All right. See you guys.